Good morning, everyone. I don't know about you, but I am excited about the final installment of this stewardship series. How about you? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. just want to say thank you, Kristen, uh, for leading that charge. I've always wanted a slow clap, like in the movies, you know, for somebody just... <laughs> yes. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm also so happy that God is here. Amen. That Jesus is in the room. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is in the room. It's good that we recognize that and acknowledge that the presence of God is in this place. We're not just meeting on our own. We're not just hanging out in a community club. We are here in the house of God to be touched by heaven and to have a real encounter with the real Jesus. Amen? Isn't that why you came to church today? I mean, I would like to think on certain Sundays it's to hear me share, you know, but I know the real reason you show up, and that is Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? That's why I'm here too, to be honest with you. Uh, I love to minister and share from the scripture, but I'm here for one reason and one reason only, and that is Jesus. We're here for Jesus. Uh, about 40 of you guys came out yesterday for Jesus uh, to the walk of love. Come on, let's give our team a big round of applause for doing that. If you don't know what that is, the walk of love is where um, they collect food and share it with about 800 families uh, throughout the city of Nashville. So we had about 40 people represented from Legacy Nashville uh, that walked around with full bags of groceries and distributed them along with Papa Joe Bradford's team to about 800 families for Thanksgiving dinner. Look what you guys did. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. Look what God is doing through our family. Just incredible. Uh, we also have the opportunity on December the 8th to be generous. Everybody say December 8th. December 8th, December 8th is going to be a very important day for our family because we're doing for the first time ever something we're calling the big give or uh, an expansion offering. And what we're asking each and every person to do that that would consider themselves a member of the family at Legacy Nashville is to pray and ask God how you might partner with his vision for this house and our expansion together as a family. So what we're doing is we're going to receive a special offering on December 8th, and all of it is going to go towards expanding into the 901 Dalebrook Lane property, which we closed on last week. Praise God. So we have a brand new facility. Uh, you know, brand new is maybe a generous term, but um, it needs quite a bit of renovation and it's going to take us a good chunk of 2020 to do that. And so we're, what we're asking for is that you would consider uh, giving. We're going to have a special time. It won't be in our normal offering time, but we'll have a special time. And we're just asking you to pray. My wife and I have been praying about how we can partner uh, with the Delbrook Project and the expansion offering. Uh, according to my math, which I am not the best mathematician, I'll be honest, I paid girls as a senior to do my geometry homework so that I could graduate. <laughs> Seems like I shouldn't have admitted that. I thought this was a safe place. This is the house of God, all right? I've been cleansed of my sin. Praise the Lord, okay? I was trying to share a testimony, you know? 
Um, but I'm not really that great at math, but just according to my math, now we may have to adjust this, it's going to take us about $122 per square foot to completely renovate the 901 Delbrook property. It is just shy of 17,000 square foot. So if you are feeling in your heart, I want to partner, I want to help, I want to sow, I want to do something, let me just ask you to ask God this question. How many square foot can you yourself renovate? It's 122 bucks to renovate one square foot. If you can do one square foot, then come prepared to give $122 on December the 8th. All right? Right? If, you, if you're just like, you know what? The Lord told me to renovate 12 or 20, or maybe you have like some favorite number, seven, or you're like super prophetic and it's like 444. We're definitely going to receive that. All right? We're going to be stoked on that 444. It's going to be awesome. But we want, we want to ask you just to pray about that. And then also, um, you know, I was praying this week about how we as a family can really bless this neighborhood uh, in 2020. And, you know, I was just, I was praying into how to do that. And the Lord laid it on my heart to just look for a local neighborhood school that we might bless. And uh, I realized after some Google research that we are 0.4 miles away from Rosebank Elementary in the new building. So at 901 Delbrook, less than half a mile away is a K through four school called Rosebank. And it's actually in the top 20% of the most diverse schools in all of the state of Tennessee. And so I noticed that and I was like, man, I wonder, I mean, this, what an awesome school to partner with. And uh, so I just, I thought I'm going to write that down on my whiteboard and we're going to vision cast and pray about how we can bless this school in 2020. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, why don't you just call them right now? You know what I mean? Like, instead of waiting around for 2020, why don't you just call them and see if there's anything they need? So I called them and they, you know, they answered and they said, uh, uh, yes, uh, believe it or not, we were just sitting here talking about how we needed somebody to help us because we have about 25 kids that don't have winter coats and they're coming to school without any coats. And I said, we're going to help you. Um, So I just wanted to ask. If you guys would be willing to help these school kids out, because um, I'm going to go tomorrow and like go meet the principal or whoever's in charge over there. I don't know. It's like whoever answered the phone. I'm going to go meet them and, you know, look at the school. And they said, we need 25 winter coats. If we posted an Amazon link this afternoon, who would be willing to buy a winter coat? That's a lot of you guys. We only need 25, but thank you. If you raised your hand, the Lord saw you, okay? So don't, don't be like, you know, he's never going to know. The Lord knows, all right? And so here's what we'll do. We're going to post the Amazon link. If you cannot afford to purchase one, I, I, we, we found some last night, you know, less than 50 bucks. You know, you can buy a brand new uh, winter coat for a kid on Amazon. But if you just have little kids and they've outgrown their winter coats and they're nice and, and they're, they're usable, just bring those next Sunday. And if you buy one, if you're a prime member, you get that free two day shipping. What's up? You know, so you just bring, you just bring one next Sunday. And then the following Monday, we'll go drop them off. Sound good. Awesome. It's just the front row applauding again. I don't know. Does it sound good, church? What's up? Let's go. 
So, um, happy Thanksgiving on Thursday. Four people are also excited about that. And I get it, you know, maybe you're not thinking about Thanksgiving as a fun time. Maybe you're going to see that weird uncle. I don't know. You know, um, we're going to go to Kentucky for Thanksgiving. And uh, this week, I, I couldn't help but to think about Thanksgiving and to think about my family. And I was just praying and preparing and, and just reading through some scriptures, asking God, what is it that I'm going to talk about uh, this Sunday? And I got into the Proverbs. How many of you love the Proverbs? There are a lot of Proverbs about money. And Proverbs are like the original tweets. You know, because you just get like a short, condensed, 140 character wisdom bomb, right? And it's like right there. And it's awesome. Like if we could, we should just like create Instagraphics of Proverbs and post it out. That would probably get a lot of follows, right? Because there is not much better than the word of God. Amen. And there is not much better wisdom than is found in the Proverbs. And so I was reading through the Proverbs this week, reading through the money Proverbs, and I felt like, you know, I should just share some money proverbs with the family. And so I just want to read to start a couple of proverbs, and then I'm going to read some more throughout the scripture. But I'm going to share to you guys a nice, what I would consider really a Thanksgiving message. Okay? And we're going to dive into that in just a moment. But if you don't even worry about opening your Bible. I'm just going to dance all over the proverbs, and you'll probably get carpal tunnel. So just read it off the screen okay so yeah we're not really in jesus name lord jesus you're the healer uh proverbs 11 and 25 says this a generous person will prosper whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed i looked that word up in the original language and it means to be fulfilled to to run over with blessing in every way soul spirit body, financially, relationally, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others financially will also themselves be refreshed. I don't know about you, but I would like to be refreshed this Sunday morning. Amen. So Lord, show us people that we might refresh. You've already highlighted to us children that we could clothe. And I can guarantee you this, if you were going to the bus stop every single morning with how cold it is right now, you know, 35 degrees with the wind chill and you were in a t-shirt, a winter coat from amazon.com would refresh you. Amen. So we've just given you a real time application, how you can yourself be refreshed. Somebody say, I want to be refreshed. Then refresh somebody. Now turn to the person next to you say, refresh me. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you guys can use that later with your wife. Proverbs, moving on. Proverbs 14, 21. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner. That's heavy. But blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Believe it or not, the Bible actually calls turning a blind eye to those in need as being sin. Just let's just get real clear about that. When we see someone in need and we ignore them, the Bible calls that sin. But blessed is the person who is generous to the poor. Amen. Proverbs 14 and 23, two verses later. All hard work brings a profit, 
but mere talk leads only to poverty. Now, when I read this, because I was just reading through a bunch of Proverbs, I immediately thought of my grand-grand. And my grandfather was an amazing guy. He's passed now. Uh, but I was thinking about him when I read through this because I was like, that right there is exactly something that Grand Grand Johnny Phillips would say to me. Yeah. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Isn't that good? That should be a charge for each and every one of us yeah. to work hard regardless of your job and not complain. You know, uh, a pity party. When we decide in our heart to have a pity party, it's like sending out RSVP invitations. And you know who always checks yes? Demons. Demons love to attend pity parties. And so we as a church, we just say no to complaining and to pity parties. And we say yes to serving Jesus through our hard work in our occupation. I was like, yeah, grand, grand, that sounds like you. I hear you. Proverbs 12 and 11 says this. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. That is good. Now, the first one, I was like, oh, that sounds like grand, grand. This one, had you guys known him, I'm telling you, it was like the spirit of the roast just set upon him. He would roast you all the time, just roast me. You know, I'd be like, why are you roasting me in front of my girlfriend, grand, grand? You know, it's just something he did. And this sounds like something he'd say. Those who work their land will have abundant food. That's Thanksgiving right there. They'll have abundant food if you work. But those who chase fantasies have no sense. I could not help but to think about him as I was reading through these uh, Proverbs. And I thought, you know what I should do? This would be a fun Thanksgiving message is to give you guys, and I'll partner it with scripture, but to give you guys a sermon that I've entitled Grand Grand's Proverbs on Money. All right, so today I'm gonna give you guys some Grand Grand wisdom, all right? So Grand Grand Johnny, he just had a whole lot of sage wisdom. I mean, he says that it just echoes in my ears. Anybody else have a grandparent like that? You know, just things he said just echo in my ears. I actually uh, have a couple of pictures of my grand-grand so you guys can see what he looks like. Um, So that's him right there. That's his grocery store. So he was an entrepreneur. He was a a, a volunteer firefighter. He was an EMT. He was the person who brought city water into this little township called Beach Grove, Kentucky. Uh, and he was kind of like the de facto mayor. He was, he was just, he was amazing. You know, look at him. Look how stylish he was. He didn't know, but that's back in, you know, aviators, you know, like that's honestly, I can see some of you guys coming to church in that right there. And like, he always kept a pocket protector with pictures of the grandkids in it. You see that? And that's me right there above, you know, giving my great grandmother some horns. I don't know. Listen, thank God I've been set free and saved. I I was a heathen, man. That's you just, you know, honor your mother and your father. Great granny horns on her head for the, you know, I don't know, man. Thank God I got saved. 
you know, my grand grand, he just always had this sage wisdom. I remember one time I told him, this is just, this is not in, you know, this has nothing to do with the Bible, but it's good. You know, I remember what he was always um, about keeping his cars clean. He just kept his cars like real, real clean. It was always, that was his thing. You know, his cars were just spotless. He had a thing like, I won't go to bed at night till I wipe the bugs off of my car. I don't know why he was disciplined about that. And I said, well, grand grand, I'm not going to wash my car. It's going to rain tomorrow. He said, listen to me, son, you don't not wash your car because it's going to rain. You wash your car because it's dirty. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, okay. You know, and 35, I'm 35 years. I've never forgotten that, you know, and I'll never forget it. You know, because sometimes I check the weather app when my car is dirty. I said, no, grand grand said, you know, that's not the reason that we wash our car. It's dirty. It needs to go to the car wash right now. And so I've just collected some of these sayings and I thought it would be fun to share with you guys some of these sayings. You know, I, I love the fact that I get to receive a legacy uh, from my grandparents and, and from my parents. And Proverbs 13 and 22 says, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. It's talking about uh, finances, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Amen. That's, that's kind of wild, right? I'm glad that I'm godly. How about you? Are you happy that you're godly? Because there's a promise contained in this wisdom proverb, which is that the sinner's wealth will pass to the godly. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. You know, uh, just in regards to my grandfather's legacy, as I talk about his pride, you know, I, I just couldn't help but to share this with it being Thanksgiving and all. But, you know, just right after he passed, uh, I, I was going to a lumber yard and I was going to pick up uh, some two by fours. Actually, I don't know what I was picking up. You know, I just, I'm saying that for the sake of the story. I don't know how to do anything construction. <laughs> Ask Josh Duckworth. But I was probably picking up some two by fours or something, four by sixes. I don't know. I think that's pictures. But, um, you know, like <laughs> I was going and I was like, I need this and this and this and this. And I was telling the guy and he was going to load up the truck. And he said, oh, he said, you're Johnny Phillips's grandson. And I said, and I was in a different town, you know, and I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, well, before I get you the lumber, I got to tell you something. And I said, all right, what, what do you got to tell me? He said, you know, I knew your grandfather. And I said, yeah, he, everybody loved him. You know, he's an awesome guy. He said, yeah, I used, to, I used to live in Beach Grove. And I said, oh, okay, that's a real small town. You know, he said, you know, when my daughter was born, she was born uh, with a certain uh, problem with her, with her stomach. And so she could only have a certain type of formula. But since it was such a small little grocery store that he ran, he didn't carry like specialty items. It was just pretty generic stuff for that township. And uh, he said, you know, when I talked talk to your grandfather about my daughter's problem, uh, he told me that I would never have to worry about that grocery store carrying the formula that she needed, that he would make a special trip into the city every single week to buy enough formula to sell at his grocery store for the one little girl that had the problem with her stomach. And he said, you know, that was just the type of man your grandfather was. He was so generous. And it's true. He, he was just so generous. He, uh, he, in his grocery store, you guys, he had a ledger of credit that he would lend to people so they could come get groceries before they got paid. And he would just have a, with his pencil and there were, it was sorted by last names and he would just keep a ledger so that he could make sure every family had enough food and everybody who lived in the township got their groceries and that when they got paid, they could come pay it off. Or even if they couldn't pay it off, they pay off some of it, you know? That's just the kind of guy he was. And so I was like, man, 
you know, Grand Grand had so much stuff to say about money, and, and I worked a few of my dad's things in here, but I just want to give you guys 10 Proverbs, well, actually not 10 Proverbs, I think nine Proverbs uh, about money, and, and just to help us break free of some of these bad stewardship mindsets that we all have. I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when it comes to money, most of us, particularly millennials, we are quite impractical. Yeah. You know, to say the least, right? I mean, so many of our purchases are motivated by competition and comparison. Like we see other people on Instagram, we're like, I got to go buy me some brand new Gucci slippers because I saw Nathan Finocchio, our conference speaker, February 7th and 8th. If you haven't bought your tickets, plug. But I saw him, you know, wearing those and I think I need me some of those. Never mind that how much they cost. Never mind if I got to put them on the credit card and go into debt. I'm going to buy those because somebody that I, for whatever reason, feel the need to compete and compare myself to has those. So I must have them because that communicates something about my value. Instead of letting God communicate your value through a place of prayer in the presence in the house. You know, we're looking at purchases and we're thinking, you know, I've got to, comp- I've got to keep up with the Joneses, as they've always said. And if it's not competition in comparison, it's instant gratification. Right? We're walking through Nordstrom. This is not a personal story at all. But you were walking through Nordstrom, you know, and we're like, man, I want those shoes. I, I, I got to have that, that shirt. Whoa, price tag, it's okay. I'll pay it off eventually. I'll be so happy and proud that I own that, you know, instant gratification. Forget about the delayed gratification of saving up and paying for it in cash. It'll be out of style by then. You know, we have to justify this terrible purchase. And so we do these things out of an instantaneous, a, a desire for instantaneous gratification, and we mismanage and miss stewards, uh, steward God's money. So I, I don't know about you, but that's, these things are common to most of us. And this is one of the reasons, two of the reasons why we need to know what God has to say about money. What kind of wisdom that God has for us about money. Because I want to be a generous person. We want to be a generous church. I believe you want to be a generous person. You want to refresh people. Yeah. You know, you want to help kids who don't have winter coats get, get winter coats. Right. But how many of you guys know you can't buy a winter coat with money you don't have? You know, so if we're going to be generous, we actually have to have something to give away. So if we're going to have anything to give away, we got to be good stewards of what we have. So just here's some wisdom proverbs for you guys. I've categorized them into three categories. Number one is debt. A few wisdom proverbs on debt. Number two is integrity. I'm going to give you a few wisdom proverbs on handling money with integrity. And number three is on generosity or giving. All right. And so these are some things that either I heard my grand grand say, or, you know, I've, I had to, I mean, he, he was a Christian, but he had some colorful language. So I dressed it up just a little bit for you. So, you know, proverb number one, if you don't have the cold, hard cash to buy it, then you cannot afford it. Now, if you're taking notes, you can put a little asterisk in most cases. All right. I am not completely against debt. I'm not saying you should never have any debt. You know, I have debt. I have a mortgage. Okay. So I'm not completely against it. I know some people... Uh, you know, preach that and that's okay. If you are in crazy, crazy debt, I think it's good to embrace some of those philosophies until you can get free from that. All right. But what I'm trying to communicate, really what Grand Grand was trying to communicate to me is that if you don't have cash to purchase it today, don't put it on a credit card hoping you can afford it tomorrow. 
I looked up a few statistics. On average, Americans aged between 25 and 36 year old, years old are in debt $42,000. Most millennials are in debt $42,000. And here's the thing. This is from CNBC. It is not student loans, most of that debt. It is credit cards. Isn't that crazy? So total credit card debt in the U.S. surpassed $1 trillion with a T in 2017. Collectively as a nation, we owe on credit cards $1 trillion. How many of you guys remember Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 22, verse 7? It says, the borrower is slave to the lender. And if you've never heard that before, just run up a credit card with a 26% interest rate. And, and tell me how that does not feel like slavery. Right. That's what it feels like. Right. And so you remember that Uh, this is never, never more true than when we are willingly uh, when we willingly go into debt for things that we don't actually even need. Just excess purchases, things that are silly. And uh, we then struggle to be sensitive to God because we're enslaved to our credit card payments, which on average uh, right now is 16 percent. Uh, in the U.S. So it's hard to be obedient to God when we're enslaved to payments every month. It's hard to bless people. You're like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm The borrower is slave to the lender. So I'm going to give you guys a prover- uh, proverb from Grand Grand 1.5, okay, because this connects. And it's this. Stop buying dumb stuff. All right? So just remember this, all right? Stop buying dumb stuff. If you're thinking, what is dumb stuff? Let me tell you what dumb stuff is. If you are in crazy credit card debt right now, if that's you, nobody has to say amen. But if you are in crazy credit card debt right now, here's what dumb stuff is. $8 coffees. Dang. I know. That's dumb stuff. It is. And uh, here's why. I did a little research on this, and on average, Americans spend $1,100 a year in coffee shops, all right, on average. And so the Motley Fool, I read a, uh, I mean, it's easy to do. You ever been to barista parlor? I mean, you know, it's like, it's easy to do, right? The Motley Fool cites one-third of Americans spend more on coffee than on investing, Right. So what you spend on coffee, going to Starbucks, going to barista parlor, going to ugly mugs, going wherever you go. Uh, I pulled a chart from Motley Fool. If you guys can show that chart real quickly. Uh, If you start investing ninety two dollars a month, which is what most Americans on average spend on coffee shops a month. Right. At twenty five at age sixty five, you'd have two hundred and eighty six thousand dollars. Just if you took the money that you spend at coffee shops, I mean, you know, go on down 30, 190, 35, 125, 40, 81,000, 45, 50,000. See, some of you guys could take this and give it to the Dalebrook property. <laughs> and you would just get so much more gratification. There would be a jewel in your crown, probably, in heaven when you get there. It's like, instead of Starbucks, you sewed into the Savior. Here you go. Didn't go over well. But um, here's some other dumb stuff, all right? Shoes. If you are in crazy consumer debt, you do not need 
18 pairs of shoes this year. This is not going over well. Um, if you are in crazy credit card debt, let me tell you something else that's dumb. Do not buy another pair of jeans. Right? So often it's like, oh, I just, yeah, those are cool. Those are on sale. Let me get, no, take that money, pay off debt. Okay? So, you know, Grand Grand says, stop buying dumb stuff. Proverbs 21 and 20 said, the wise have wealth and luxury. But fools spend whatever they get. This is the Bible. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get, which is leading us to proverb number two. Do what you need to do to get out of debt. All right. When when Allison and I got married, we were collectively in $24,000 debt. All right. Much of that was student loans. Some of it was credit card debt. But what we had to do was change our lifestyle. You know, so many people will come to me honestly and they'll say, man, can you help me? Uh, You know, can you counsel me? Can you pastor me? I really want to get out of debt. And I say, "Okay, change your lifestyle. Well, no, I I don't want to change my lifestyle. Like I enjoy going to Virago on Saturday night with the girls. You got to stop going to Virago. You got to cook at home. Take a sushi making class at Whole Foods or something. You know what I mean? You have to change your lifestyle. Do whatever you need to do to get out of debt. Whatever sacrifice that you need to make, make it. Stop buying stuff that are not necessities. If you're going to get out of debt, you have to change your lifestyle. If you want to be debt free, you have to change your lifestyle. And I want to encourage you guys, if you have never taken Financial Peace University from Dave Ramsey, if this is where you are, I know it's not for everybody in every season, but listen, if you are in crazy debt right now and you need some help changing your lifestyle, I want to encourage you, go take Financial Peace University uh, from the Ramsey organization. I I took it uh, at one point in time. It was super helpful for me. I know there are different philosophies out there, but if you're looking for something that you can do to start today, try that out. It it is very effective for a lot of people. Proverb number three, pray before you purchase. And remember, excitement ain't peace. So... You got some you got some grand grand wisdom coming at you right here. Excitement ain't peace. All right. So a lot of times when we're like, oh, I prayed about it and I feel peace. No, you don't. You're just excited. (laughs) This is real, isn't it? Oh, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I'm going to buy it. I can get it. I'm going to get it. You have no peace about it, really. You're just so pumped. You haven't paused long enough to pray to recognize if this is actually wisdom. Pray before you purchase. When considering a large purchase, pray and ask God for wisdom. Uh, So often, the majority of our purchases are really impulse buys. Like we get excited about something and so we buy it on the spot. We don't talk to our spouse. How often has that got you in trouble? I saw it and I wanted it and I liked it and I felt like it was God and I prayed and I had peace and then you, you, you come home, you tell your wife, that wasn't God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any peace about that. I'm not in sync with that. I'm not connected. We're not in unity. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, no, you were excited. Yeah. 
Ask your spouse. If you are afraid to talk to your spouse about a purchase, that's a red flag. <laughs> Whoa, that went over too well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Listen, if you're, if you're thinking like, I want to buy that, and it's like, I'm, I'm going to get that, sleep on it. All right, just this is a how-to. Get with your spouse. You guys talk about it. Sleep on it. Cool off. Let the excitement wane long enough to sense, do I have peace about this or am I just excited about this? There's a Proverb 3.5, all right? If you have to buy it now, it's probably not God. Wow. All right, this is something that I, that I, I did learn from my family. If you have to buy it now, it's probably not God. How often have you been pressured uh, by a salesman or somebody like that, you got to get this right now. You, if, if you don't get it right now, it's never coming back again. It's gone for life. That is a marketing technique. And albeit it is a good one, but if it causes us to violate our peace, it's not God. Right? You don't have to be sucked into that. You don't have to get under the gun of that. You can step away and say, hey, you know what? If I can't think about it for 24 hours, it ain't for me. Because I don't move on the basis of impulse and your energy. I move on the basis of God's peace and God's word over my life. And I'm not going to enslave myself in a moment of excitement that then causes me years to carry a burden. If you have to buy it now, it's probably not God. You got to buy it now. It's on sale today. It won't be here tomorrow. If you, you never have to violate your peace to purchase the things you need. Let me say that again. You never have to violate your peace to purchase things you need. Yes. All right. And uh, I remember one time Allison and I, we were looking for our first home and we found a house. We were like, this is the house. This is beautiful. It's so well kept. It's got this vintage kitchen. This is the spot. We love it so much. And then we got outbid. And I was angry. I mean, I was on the verge of like cursing the person in prayer. I was like, Lord, I release judgment. Should we... Should we call down fire and have them consumed? They stole our house, you know. If you, if you have to violate peace to get it, it's probably not God. If you have to buy it now, it may not be God. You got to move at the pace of grace. Sometimes there are opportunities that you jump on in the moment, but that's met by, that opportunity is met by preparation and prayer, and it's, it's met with wisdom, right? And so, you know, with that house specifically, you know, I was trying to jump into it because I was so excited. And here's what I thought. We'll never find anything as good as this. How often has that led you to buy dumb stuff? I'll never be able to find something as good as this. I'll never be able to find this again. God will bring you something better if you'll move in wisdom and peace. God brought us an upgrade. We ended up with a better house than that one. And I was rejoicing that he rescued me from purchasing the house I was most excited about. And he led me to purchase the house that was his best for me. Yeah, don't buy stuff out of your excitement. Buy stuff knowing this is God's best for me in this season. You guys getting anything out of this? I'm going to move pretty quickly on the last couple. Proverb number four. If you had to cheat to get it, it ain't a blessing. All right, this is in regards to integrity. If you had to cheat to get it, it ain't a blessing. Hey, don't cheat on your taxes. That's not what Christians do. 
just going to leave that there for a minute. Don't cheat on your taxes. That's not integrity. It's not good character, right? It's, it's manipulation. It's stealing. Be a good citizen. Don't cheat on your taxes. I'm not saying don't use wisdom. Get all the tax breaks you can, but don't defraud the IRS. Everyone's like, <laughs> pretty sure they defrauded me a few things. You know, I, listen, talk to the Lord. Here, look, don't buy clothes with a plan in place to wear them and then return them. She's fine. You know, I'm just going to go pick this up at Nordstrom. I can't really afford it. I'm put it on my credit card. I'm going to totally wear it out, and then I'm going to bring it back the following day. You know, it just didn't fit right. No, you rocked that thing all night long. You sweated. That's fraudulent. That's not good character. All right? It's not good character. If you had to cheat to get it, that dress was not a blessing. All right? Don't break something on purpose right before the warranty runs out. People do that. Well, I had five years warranty on this couch. Let's mess it up. Last two weeks. Let's go get a brand new set. Praise God. The Lord has blessed me. No, you cheated. It's not a blessing. I don't want that. I don't want that on my conscience. How about you? I don't want to have to repent for things like that. Because then every time I look at my couch, I'm thinking, ah, sit on it, get convicted. Don't do that. I want to enjoy my Disney Plus subscription. Thank you very much. Don't try to hatch a plan that keeps you from paying the money you owe. Pay people what you owe them. Psalm 37, 21 says, The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. Always do the right thing. Look at, your per- look at the person next and say, Always do the right thing. Which leads us to proverb number five. No one wins a fight over money. Listen to what I'm saying, guys. No one wins a fight over money. Now, I did not include this one in there, but you can write it down if you want. This is a direct grand grand quote minus one word exchange. Uh, The more you stir poop, the more it stinks. He used a different word, but you see what I'm saying? Drama. The more you stir that drama up, stinkier it gets. Fighting over money, the more you stir it up, worse and worse it gets. Just drama compounded. And uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 7 tells us to have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? Wow. It's better to be cheated by men and blessed by God. Well, that ain't right. That's, they're not right. I'm going to take them to court. I'm going to drain every. That ain't Christian. It ain't Christ-like, as Brother Kanye said. It ain't Christ-like, right? I'm going to get them for everything they got. That's not Christ-like. It's better to be defrauded by men and blessed by God. God will bless you. God will replace it. Stay above reproach. If someone has a grievance against you regarding money, give it to them. Don't be silly, but be prayerful. I've done this countless times through pastoring. I tell you, you didn't give me this. You didn't give me that. Okay, here you go. I'm not going to keep that between you and Jesus. I'm not going to keep that between you and me. If, if, If you feel like I owed it to you, here you go. 
What did Jesus say? If somebody said, let me get the shirt off your back, you give them your coat also. What did Jesus say? Hey, walk a mile with me. You walk two with them. What did Jesus say? Hey, if somebody punches you in the face, offer the other cheek also. I mean, that's what Jesus said, right? So we, are, we get so into this like justice, like it's going to be right. And in the process, we exit Christian character, hold people's feet to the fire and punish them for the wrongs that they've done to us. Whenever we see a picture of Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Be merciful when it comes to money. Not judgmental, not harsh, not hard. You don't do that in other ways with your Christian character. I'm not saying be silly, but I'm saying be prayerful and be loving. Right? Romans 12 and 18 says, If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all people. So uh, Proverb 5 and a half is this. When you assume things about money, you lose it. My dad used to say this to me all the time. My grandgrand used to say it. When it comes to money, people rarely do what you expect, but they'll usually do what you inspect. You guys get that? People rarely do what you expect, but they'll usually do what you inspect. All right? So don't just assume things like, oh, that person's fine. They don't care if I pay them back that 10 bucks. They might, okay? They might be expecting your cash app from the Jenny's ice cream you split. Right. So don't give them an excuse to develop a hard heart or be offended or mess up the relationship over ten dollars. Don't assume things about money. You lose. Be clear. Be upfront. Be direct. Talk about it. Don't let ten bucks ruin a friendship. Somebody say amen. Amen. Proverbs number proverb number six. Never, ever manipulate ever. All right, we should never manipulate people in regards to money. And walking in integrity means having no hidden agenda or hidden motives with other people's money. Here's what manipulation looks like. It looks like dropping subtle hints around people who are in a position to bless you. Let me say it again. Manipulation with money looks like dropping subtle hints around people who are in a position to bless you. Maybe you have a rich uncle and you're going to see him at Thanksgiving. You don't need to drop subtle hints about the breakdown that you had with your car last week, hoping, oh, man, if he hears this. If you need something, go to God first. Don't manipulate man. Pray to God first. He has the ability to answer your prayers and bring solutions. Talk to God about your needs. Don't drop hints to others. People that have a grace on their life to give usually have a grace upon their life to smell manipulation a mile away. So be mindful of that. When you go to manipulate somebody who's generous, if there's that grace on, they know. Just know that. They know. And if you need money, ask for advice. And if you need advice, ask for money. Okay, let me say that again. If you need money, ask for advice. If you need advice, ask for money. You guys getting that? Go try to manipulate somebody with money and you say, give me some money. You're going about to get advice. (laughs) You guys will get that later. Uh, All right, real quick, this is the last last story. Write it down, say law, pray about it. All right, proverb number seven, sow where you want to go. Matthew 6 and 2 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Many people quote this backward. The Bible does not say that your money follows your heart. The Bible says that your heart follows your money. So wherever you want your heart to go, put your money. Sow where you want to go. 
And, and I think this works out really well whenever you need to forgive somebody. If you have something against somebody, sow a financial seed into their life and watch how quickly you go from holding stuff against them to rooting for them to win. Because when you invest in a fund, you want it to do good. When you invest in a house, you want it to do good. When you invest in a business, you want it to do good. Where you put your money, you start rooting for it. Right? So if you have something against a brother or a sister in Christ, go ahead and cash app them after this service and watch how your heart starts to shift toward them. Now, if I get a cash app from any of you guys, I'm going to receive it. But I'll know we need to have a little chat afterwards. <laughs> Proverb number eight, immediate obedience. If you're going to be generous, you've got to cultivate a heart of obedience. You know, when we give, when God speaks, we learn to depend upon God. Financial miracles happen when we're obedient with our finances. Don't wait to see how much the check is before you give it away. Somebody bless you. You know, God says, I want you to pass that along. Don't be looking at it thinking that's too much for them. You, you give what God tells you. see the person panhandling. I, you know, God said, Holy Spirit, give them 20 bucks. That's too much for them. They might go buy crack. You're going to obey or are you going to investigate? When we wait to give, here's why immediate obedience is important. When we wait to give, we give Satan time to come up with a list of reasons why we shouldn't give. Because here's what will happen. God will speak to you and say, hey, I want you to sow into the Dalebrook thing or something else. Compassion. I, it doesn't matter. I'm just using that as an example, okay? Don't think I'm trying to manipulate you. I'm obeying my, my grand-grand's proverbs, all right? But like whatever God speaks, say, okay, yes, I'm going to do that. Don't give Satan a time to build up a list of reasons why you shouldn't. Just do it right away. Proverb 9, last one. Uh, don't eat all your seed and don't give away all your bread. Spiritual father told me this one. And uh, when you receive an unexpected blessing, don't eat up all your seed. Sow, because the more you sow, the more you're going to reap. Yeah. Right? Whenever you pray and say, God bless me, and he blesses you, what do you do with it? Do you say, oh, this is above and beyond what I normally get paid. I'm going to use this to go treat myself. No, take a portion of it, tithe on it, take a portion of it, and sow it. The more you sow, the more you reap. I mean, it is a spiritual principle as well as a principle in the natural. And so when an unexpected blessing comes your way, tithe and give. Don't eat up all the seed. And when you receive revelation on giving, you want to give. Um, but, but just remember this, guys, that God is about repentance, not restitution. So if, you are, if you're thinking in your head, man, you know, I want to I start giving. I want to tithe. I, I didn't tithe. You don't have to go back and tithe on last year's finances. All right? Just make a decision today to move forward, okay? God's about repentance, not restitution. You don't owe him any back pay. All right? Just say, today, I'm going to put a stake in the ground, and I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to sow seed. And uh, lastly, I just want to say there is a difference between faith and stupidity, all right? Uh, aside from a word uh, from God, you don't put people in danger when you give. Take care of yourself and your family. You don't give away your children's bread. You sow what God directs as seed. Does that make sense? Did you guys get that? All right, I'm going to close. Go ahead and stand, please. We're going to pray together and we're just going to ask the Lord to help us receive more of what God calls stewardship for our lives, for our finances and for our family. I just want to remind you guys as we're closing, let's put some legs on this message yes. and uh, we'll post on Instagram today and Facebook. And um, if you guys, you know, need some help finding a, um, a code or anything like that. 
Oh, it's already up. Look at that. Grace already posted it for us. So if you're thinking, man, I'm going to buy a coat. I want to do something for the kids at Rosebank. It's already up. All right. You can look on our Instagram. You can look on our Facebook. Go ahead and order it um, and, and just bring it next Sunday and we'll take it to them on Monday. Yay. Sound good? Yay. So, Lord, we just... We just say, Lord, we want to be immediately obedient and we want to practice all of the Proverbs that you have in the scripture. And we even thank you for the ones that I've been able to borrow from my grandfather. Lord, we ask that you would bless this church in every way, financially, relationally, spiritually, in our mind, God. Bless us emotionally. Bless us in every way so that we may be a shining light to the world that does not yet know you. What a wonderful way that we can testify to your goodness and say, God has richly blessed me. It's not been a result of my good works. It's been a result of God's grace that he's brought me into this place. I'm not self-dependent. I'm not independent. I am dependent upon the Holy Spirit to breathe life into me and give me wisdom and creativity. And God, I just speak right now creativity over you guys who have been planning and preparing to start a business. Lord, I, I just speak blessing and blueprint over those who are praying about starting a business. God, I, I thank you for prospering them and giving them insight on how to do that, how to sequence, sequence uh, their steps. Lord, I bless the entrepreneurs. I, I bless um, every, you know, I don't know what what all I mean, white collar, blue collar, whatever. You drive for UPS, brown collar. Lord, we just, we bless everybody. No matter what level of business that they may operate in, Lord, we bless them. And we just say, God, give them more seed to sow. You know, the word of God says that you provide seed to the sower. That means you give more seed to people who are already sowing. So, Lord, let us never stop sowing. Let us just keep sowing. No matter the season, we sow. Through every season, we sow. Even when it's not looking great, we don't put our heads down and pout. We sow. We sow, Lord, and we never stop sowing because we are believing for an unprecedented harvest in our generation. And we want to walk into heaven knowing that we gave every single thing that you ask us for and never kept back anything that you wanted. Lord, let us not be um, stingy with what's yours anyway. But let us give with generous hearts. Lord, just over this, this week of thanksgiving and, and giving us the opportunity to walk a love and everything, Lord, we just thank you for that, that we could be a blessing. Bless everybody's family on Thanksgiving. Keep them safe as we travel. May their conversations around the dinner table be sweet. We cancel drama in the name of Jesus. We just declare there's going to be no family drama. There's going to be a bunch of family reconciliation and favor. And we're going to come back with our hands lifted in victory saying, God did something in my family. God did something in my finances. God did something in my household. And those are the things that we're going to stand on, Lord, because we know that's your will. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. amen.